you get there, when you get to that space and when you begin living your life for you and in a way that's unapologetically you, whether you know where you're going or not, that's how embodiment begins. Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and this week's new episode is really special to me because on the podcast this week is my friend, Katie Calder. She's a human design reader and intuitive guide, mentor, wellness content creator, and above all else, human. Her goal is really to help empower others to live their best, brightest, and most embodied life. You might remember Katie from our soul chat last year. I loved that episode and it was so interesting to reflect on our initial conversation for the podcast and just how much we've grown and changed in such beautiful ways and you'll hear us reflect on it in this week's new episode. We've really been on this spiritual and embodiment journey together. And so I was really excited to sit down with her again to have another fun, intuitive, and really incredible conversation for Seek the Joy. In this week's new episode, Katie shares with us what it means to be embodied, moving from a space of disconnection to connection, her advice for anyone that wants to feel more embodied, and choosing to go within for answers, healing, and guidance. We chat about living in a world that says you need to find your purpose, why Katie no longer compares herself to others, and the role of expanders in her life. We chat about human design and its impact, specifically how it has allowed Katie to feel more empowered and embodied, and this beautiful connection between empowerment and human design, the different centers in your chart. We talk about your conscious sun, which is something I had never heard of before, and really what it means to trust your inherent knowing. While we don't really dive deep into the fundamentals of human design, this conversation was so exciting and fun to have just to explore really the impact of human design. Plus, we chat about slowing down and evaluating our boundaries, moving away from the narratives that bring us shame, Katie's biggest dream, and so much more. So before we dive in to this week's new episode with Katie, I wanted to take a second and just thank you guys so much for joining me in supporting our healthcare workers who are on the front lines right now fighting against COVID-19. I've been thinking a lot about what we can do to give back and support the heroes in our community. I shared with you guys that there's really a critical shortage right now of personal protective equipment. And so it's really been my hope and my intention to support those who are supporting us. And so I launched our newest piece of merch last week. It's our new Seek the Joy enamel pin. I think that this pin is the perfect way to spread a little joy and remind yourself that brighter times are ahead and also support our healthcare workers who are on the front lines. Every pin purchase includes a $5 donation to support our healthcare workers to help get them this protective equipment that they need. Um, If you want to learn more about where your donation is going to, visit www.getusppe.org. But of course, I'll include that in the show notes as well. Um, Just thank you guys, all of you who have already reached out and bought a pin and are helping me in supporting our healthcare workers. This is such an incredible time for community to show our support. And I know it's been unsettling um, for so many of us. And so it's my hope that we 
can come together and really continue to support those who are supporting us. So I'll include the link to purchase a pin in the show notes for today's episode. And if you have any other ideas too about how we as a Seek the Joy community can support um, our healthcare workers or really support anyone during this time, definitely feel free to reach out and let me know. All right, guys, I am so excited to dive into this week's new episode. It is such a powerful conversation about embodiment and empowerment and stepping forward in your own healing and trusting yourself. Um, So I would love to hear what you think about this one and make sure to join the conversation on our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review if you feel so called. I would be so appreciative and Without further ado, here is my really incredible conversation with my friend, Katie Calder. Embodiment and like embodied wellness, I think, has been such a huge theme for you over the last year. And we talked a little bit about this even before we started recording. But before we dive into this, I would love to know what does embodiment even mean for you? Embodiment means not looking towards what anyone else is kind of silencing all of the noise and fully trusting yourself in all areas of your life, stepping into your fullness, stepping into your fullest expression, stepping into your life guided by you and you first, and then everything else follows from there. Yeah. I love this concept because it's really, it's almost moving from like a space of disconnection to connection. And we often don't even know, I think, that we are even disconnected from who we are because there's so much out there. There's so much information. You and I are so similar in this way and that we, we found wellness. We spent, we found spirituality, whatever that means for us. And we, we dove right in and it's, it's funny. It was like almost through that process for me that I found myself a little disconnected from myself. Was it like that for you too, a little bit? A hundred percent. Well, I think it's very easy to, when you feel disconnected from your life or from yourself, to look to others who either see more or to see things that inspire you mm-hmm. and make you feel alive and latch onto them and make them bigger and brighter and use that as your own. Yeah. But within that process, if you're picking and choosing from all these things that are outside of yourself, eventually it gets just, it's confusing in that way. It's like you can listen, you cannot listen and then be finding quote unquote solutions to try to listen deeper to yourself. But really that's still looking outside yourself. That yeah. makes sense. So I think yeah. there are all these tools uh, that can help us, that can help us become more embodied, that can help us trust ourselves within our own physical, mental, spiritual wellness. But sometimes they can also act as a crutch mm-hmm. to like almost get around the actually listening ourselves. And at a certain point, as I know, you know, uh, you can't, you can't hide from yourself. You can't no. run away from yourself. You have to look yourself dead in the eye. You have to fully be like, okay, I'm choosing myself in this process. I'm choosing myself. I'm not going to look um, towards everyone else's life, what worked for everyone else, what, what everyone else is telling me to do. And I think when you get there, when you get to that space and when you begin living your life for you and in a way that's unapologetically you, whether you know where you're going or not, that's how 
embodiment begins. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I think it's so true. And I think for me, I started to feel really inundated. And you and I have talked about this Uh before, just there are so many modalities, so many um, belief systems, so many things that we can, we find, whether that's human design or astrology Uh or working with um, someone who's spiritually connected. I mean, whatever it might be. And it was for me the moment when I started to feel really inundated that I realized that I was no longer checking in with myself and no longer listening to what really was working, what would work or what wasn't working for me. Did you have like a similar experience or at what point did you realize like, okay, I actually need to go within for my own answers, for my own healing, for my own guidance, as opposed to turning to others? Because I think it's once we go within that you become more embodied, you get to know yourself more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's so funny, like I know we'll talk about human design at some point today and maybe just touch on it, but- Human design has been such an incredible tool to show me straight in the face where looking to others isn't necessarily going to help me. Mm. So um, part of human design, we have these centers that are basically kind of effectively like chakras and they regulate our energy throughout our body and they can either be defined, which is where we're consistent 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's our energy. That's our energy always. And then they're either, there's some that are either undefined or open, which is the white, the white centers. And those white areas are areas that you can be the most wise, but they're also areas that you can take on, amplify, or potentially be really, really empathic to the world around you and also vulnerable to the conditioning of others. And so understanding my openness, which for me, it's my head center, my identity center, and my spleen center gave me the biggest aha moment because the head the head is the place of inspiration. So mm. um, for me, I don't create my own, but any if I'm around inspiring people, places, spaces, I amplify it. I make it even bigger and brighter. So it's very, very important, whether that's people I follow online, whether that's areas I'm you know, surrounding myself with, different environments, being inspired, like getting it from others and putting myself in the right spaces around the right people to be inspired is incredibly important. The identity center has been maybe perhaps the largest, I think, aha moment in why I've always looked Mm -hmm. for tools like human design, like astrology, like tarot, um, tried to really understand myself because about half the population, including myself, didn't come into this world knowing who we were Mm -hmm. or needing to know having a fixed identity, which can be really confusing in a world that says, you need to find your purpose. You need to know who you are. You need to, which understanding that like I am kind of a chameleon I'm here to so show other people who they are but not necessarily know myself Mm -hmm. so understanding that it's made it really really important um, for me to know who am I surrounding myself with because who I'm surrounding myself with that's kind of the direction that my life is going to take or where am I seeking for direction love because that's not correct for me but then the spleen, and this is the reason I wanted to bring this up. No, I love that you did. Yeah, yeah I have an undefined spleen. And this has perhaps been my biggest lesson because, again, anywhere that's open, like the Entity Center, that's our place of, that's our gift. That's our greatest wisdom. It's why I can do human design readings and so sit in front of someone else and mirror back to them exactly who they are. But while I can see someone else so clearly, I can't always see myself. Now, the spleen has to do with our intuition, has to do with our most primal survival system. It has to do with health and wellness. And mine is undefined. 
also has to do with fear. And this, I swear, this like has completely transformed my life because when Mm. you have an undefined or an open spleen, you are very, very, very sensitive to the other. You're almost like a medical medium, but you can also take on someone else's health issues as if they're your own. So understanding this, I was, I've been trying for the past three, five, however many, many plus years, you know, I've always had a, a weaker immune system. I don't want to say that. I don't like to say anything as fact because yeah. I believe in the body, mind, spirit's infinite capacity to heal. But um, the more I looked at other people's health journeys to help my own or outside of myself, the sicker I became and the more I identified with wow. those. So the past, I want to say even six six plus months, I've um, been very, very careful to notice even who I'm following on social media, you know, mm-hmm. how often are they talking about their health? Because that can, I know that that can manifest in my body. You know, it's a constant journey. At one point I just like shed away all the stories. I, I decided to not listen to anyone at all and just start from ground zero and start to listen to myself And it's got me to a place now where I feel like I'm very guided, not based on what everyone's telling me to do or what everyone's, you know, saying is the right way to heal, Mm -hmm. but to trust myself that I'm being guided to the right people, places, spaces, healers, and then to trust myself when if I begin to feel that something else is infiltrating, you know, my awareness and potentially that I'm latching onto it, that I need to shed that, shed that story. So I'm, I'm just very, and I'm, I'm very careful. I know a lot of my, my clients who come to me with open spleens, health, um, health journeys and things like that are, are very, you know, a big part of what their quote unquote struggle is. And the best thing I can say is like, don't compare, don't really, mm-hmm. really notice what you're surrounding yourself with, really notice how, how you're trying to heal. If that's a thing, how you're trying to focus on your health, because Ultimately, the more that we look outside ourselves, the more that we get disconnected from ourselves and the less we can trust ourselves to listen. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because human design really gave you full permission to be who you are and not to have to apologize for it. It just gave you a deeper understanding. Did you feel like in some ways it just allowed you to exhale and say, okay, this makes sense? Because I think often you can get stuck in that comparison and you can get stuck in that space of, wow, this person healed themselves that way. Why isn't it working for me? Or, wow, this person has done this with their business. Why isn't that working for me? So did it allow you to exhale and then remove that sense of comparison? Or do you find it's something you're still working on? I can honestly say I don't compare myself. I and I that. And I think I think that people would find that shocking that because I know it's a, like I – did at some point, you know, I dealt with that a ton. I think most people do in some senses, but I've been saying this for like months now. One, I don't feel pressure to like do anything other than myself. Really. I only have pressure against myself, like knowing that I can create or achieve or whatever, but I'm in such a place of not only surrender, but in trust and in knowing that the next step is going to reveal itself. And I want to dive a little bit into that comparison thing because yes, please, um, yeah. I feel like that's something that's talked about so often. I know that I used to write often about how comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison isn't helpful at all. But part of it is like, I don't actually 
deal with that. And I also, <laughs> I've been talking about this truly a lot over the past couple of months that my number of expanders is very few right now, if mm-hmm. any. Mm-hmm. And, and previously in my life, I always had like handful of people that I'm like, yeah, that's, I want to do that. I want to do that with my business. I want, I don't have anyone hmm. like that right now. And that's not a bad thing. And that's not me being like, oh, I'm the best or what? No, not at all. Because part of me, it feels really comforting to have an objective or another person that's inspiring and um, pointing me towards a different direction. But I've been very aware of that fact that I don't have someone that I'm looking to be like or to become. And with that, it's been crystal clear that the message is like, listen to you. Mm -hmm. Our greatest gift is being us and being us fully. And I think within, you know, we're both in the social media realm, we're both in whatever. It's like, you know, they're algorithm things. Everyone's talking about the algorithm. Honestly, at this point, I don't even care. The algorithm can hate me if it wants. Over I don't it. have over, over it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any. Um, I don't plan my content. I don't. I just. I don't have the energy. I don't mm-hmm. have the physical energy to do anything that's not in perfect alignment. So when something's aligned, aligned, I put it out. When something comes easily, I put it out. But when I'm being asked to not do anything, which has been the story of (laughs) the story of my past couple months, especially like getting very still, very quiet and being Mm -hmm. so okay with that. I know that that's where the magic happens time and time again. I know where those periods of pause and just really listening and really like looking, thinking that, you know, the next step is really listening in and, and diving in and letting it appear without any attachment to it without any preconceived notion of what it looks like with just only openness has been the most helpful. Mm, yeah. I, we, we were talking before this, we both, since you were the first podcast I'd ever been on, oh it my was God, that's I think, right. October, 2018, right? Yeah. That, that sounds about right. Oh my God. And we, <laughs> we were just talking, we, we were such not different people were still us, but we've both grown so tremendously mm-hmm. in so many ways. And I think um, are so much more confident in just who we are and trusting that even if we don't know what the ne- next steps are, or even if we don't know where we're going, that we're so guided. And I think that that trust helps mitigate any comparison mm-hmm. that may come up. And, it, yeah. and of course it will come up at points, right? Like I'm not saying that I'm comparison free at some points. I'm like, you could be doing like, why aren't you doing more? I think there's such a, uh, oh, that, that is the, like know, the big thing, right? Like, why like, aren't you doing more keep doing it? And, and, and I, I'm so cognizant of when that comes up because everything that I want to share is like less doing more being, because when you be the doing just comes, you're not human doing. We don't accomplish or feel fulfilled through doing that. Yeah. You can see the most, some of my clients are like the people who you would think are the most accomplished in all of society, like have it all and yet still find themselves feeling the same way because ultimately that's not what leads to fulfillment. That's what, not what makes mm-hmm. us happy. That's not what makes us, um, you know, find purpose. And so being conscious and just like not doing anything has been so much a part of, mm. uh, that practice. So I don't even know what the original question was. <laughs> no. That was a very, a very long, 
that that makes a lot. But I hope that that helps. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think like this concept of expanders, it really comes from I think like Lacey Phillips' work and and to be magnetic. And Mm -hmm. for anyone that's listening and is not familiar, that really means finding people or places or things that allow you to believe in what's possible for you. You've seen someone else do it. Maybe they have a similar background as you. And that that gives yourself that permission to say, oh, they could do it. I could do it. But it's so interesting that you touched on this because I have found more and more that when I looked at someone else who might be a quote unquote expander for me, it doesn't expand me. Instead, it makes me feel smaller. And so what I've had to do in, in reverse is say, what are my goals? What are my dreams? What are the vision that I have for myself? What are the steps that I need to take to get there and imagine myself there mm. and believe in what's possible for me as opposed to looking at someone else? Because the truth is, and you said it so beautifully, everybody's path is so different. The steps yes. that you take to get there are so different. We could grow up in the mm-hmm. same place, go to the same schools, but the truth is your path to getting to that school and what you do after you graduate is going to be different. So removing this need, I think, to have those expanders and instead return to what you believe is possible for yourself. And if you're in a space too, I think, where you're struggling with that and you don't know what's possible for you, I think that's okay. I have had to give myself so much permission over the last mm-hmm. one year, two years to say, sometimes I don't believe in what's possible for me and that's okay. I'm just going to keep going because sometimes mm. just allowing yourself, I think, to put one foot in front of the other and kind of just be in that space and, and believe like, okay, it's going to work out somehow, some mm. way. I think that's really powerful too. Oh, and that was so beautifully put. We are all so different. This is what human design has shown. And yes. human design just is just a tool, right? These are all just tools to get us to that place. And I even think that we spoke about this in the beginning and the first episode that we did about everyone's route of getting to truth, source, love, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it is different, but we're all getting to the same place. We just have totally different routes of getting there. And the more that you look to others routes, the more it kind of creates that disconnection, the more that we I feel like the universe kind of shake, shakes us up and puts us back on our own path when that happens in one way or another, sometimes gentler, sometimes not so much. Mm-hmm. But we are all so unique. We all have the same basic underlying needs, wants, desires in so many ways, but our paths are unique. And what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing to be able to share our uniqueness with the world. Yeah, I think so too. And I think what you just said reminded me of something else, which is, yes, you and I have changed so much. And I think in such great ways, right? Since that first episode and since you and I first even became friends. And I think if we were to, to, at the time, know the transformations that were going to take place, I don't know if I would have believed it. And I don't know (laughs) if I would have been okay with it. Do you know what I mean? And I think what's interesting about human design, about astrology, these like kind of roadmaps that we have. And I think these tools are beautiful to have. And I think there's a purpose for them. And and you've articulated that so, so beautifully. But I think, you know, you can look at these tools and sometimes they don't necessarily kind of predict the future, but not really, if that makes sense. Like it gives you Mm. a better understanding of who you are and maybe what you're aspiring towards. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think it's just, yeah, it's, no, I do, do you know though. what I'm saying? Like I just lost my train yeah. of thought, but I think, yeah, it's like these series of like transformations and, and through it, you can feel like, what am I trying to say? 
I don't know. So, I lost myself. I but. think you're trying to say, because I had chills one moment of what you just said. Um, in the whole predicting the future or showing you yourself, I think it's less future predictive, more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of giving you a mirror to yourself and being like, mirror. okay, yes, yes, that's it's the word. right there. Now I, now I see it. Now am I going to stay to the highest version? Because it's all a group of potentials, right? You can have the exact same chart as someone else and mm-hmm. totally use it differently. It doesn't, it does it's not voodoo. It's not like, you know, fortune telling we have free will, but when you see so clearly, when you have, whether it's someone else doing a reading for you or something and having, not knowing anything about you and then showing you your potentials, can you turn away? Is it something that you want to lean into and something Mm -hmm. that you said, which really like chills down my spine that if we were to have shown ourselves or told ourselves back in October, 2018, what the transformation was like, what would occur, what, you know, where we would be, would we step into that? Would we want to choose mm-hmm. that? Because within transformation, as you know, um, and within continuing to choose yourself and step forward and have awareness around what's not serving you and what is. And I know that we both had so much of this going on even back then. Um, so many shifts, so much shedding in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Mm-hmm. And to be told, I think I'm in such a place now where everything is crystal clear that what I let go of, which was very, very challenging for me for a while. I had a lot of guilt around specific things, relationships that I knew in my heart, there there was no way that that could continue to be or continue to serve me or the other person or the other situation. And if I was to tell myself back then, all the things that would have been shed or let mm-hmm. go of, I don't know if I would have chosen it. I don't know if I would have wanted to step into that. Ultimately, on the other side, it's like, oh, that was so necessary. Like how much wisdom came through all of that is incredible. But at the same time, in the process, continuing to choose yourself over and over again, I'm not going to say it's hard because I don't like using words, but there are challenges in reconciling what you've always been told you should do mm-hmm. or how you can be a good person or a friend or you know any type of martyr martyrdom rhetoric that there is going on. Um, and to know that in serving yourself and in choosing the highest good for yourself, you're choosing the highest good for everyone else. I think it's such a huge thing to understand. And it's such a huge thing to know that you can't, you cannot control how other people react or respond to you in choosing to continue to choose yourself. Mm -hmm. People don't like when you push buttons on um, their understanding of who you are. But we're not meant to be stagnant. We're not meant to stay the same our whole lives. We're not meant to, you know, we're meant to grow and growth is our only constant. So I I don't know. The fact that you said that was so, it was such an aha moment (laughs) for me because it's like, yeah, I definitely, like I know without a shadow of a doubt, on where I was in October, 2018, if you had told me all this stuff that would have transpired in order to get to this place, I do, I would not have chosen it. But at this stage, I'm so glad, like, I'm so glad that I didn't, that that wasn't shown to me and that it just, it happened. And I continued to choose because like, what a beautiful thing and what a beautiful, empowering place of awareness. Like, oh yeah, those are things that I've been through or overcome or 
stepped more fully into and, and look where we are now. I, I know that you probably feel feel so similarly. Oh, I totally do. And you want to know what's so funny is that when you were talking yeah. about letting go of and not having this sense of guilt, the gardeners outside just showed up and they like ramped up the engine <laughs> on their on their machines. And I immediately muted my microphone because I didn't want anyone to not be able to hear <laughs> what you were saying. Aww. But this is some real life podcast stuff happening right now. I have this like what I want to say back to you, but I've got the gardeners outside. So apologies in advance um, to everyone that's listening. <laughs> if you hear some like some I can't kind hear of, them at all. Okay, good. I'm like paranoid. But it's interesting what you said about letting go and having this guilt, but having to choose yourself. I have found this to be so true for me too. It's a process of trial and error, learning how Mm -hmm. to choose myself. So often not wanting to hurt someone else's feelings or being stuck in that sort of predicament of this doesn't feel good or comfortable or validating or fulfilling for me, but I know that choice of not doing or not saying or not being there or whatever it might be might hurt another and wrestling with that guilt of, okay, I don't want to hurt someone else, but I also don't want to hurt myself in the process of doing something yeah. that doesn't feel good to me. And it's an exercise in trust. It's an exercise in your own boundaries. And I think it's also an exercise in really learning who you are and being okay with the fact that you can't please everyone. And in fact, maybe you shouldn't. And so this process of letting go and shedding comes through, I think, having those direct experiences. And I think sometimes we shy away from allowing ourselves to have those experiences where we have to get to know our own boundaries. We just cut it off or we go and do the thing anyway, because we feel like we have to. But you learn more about your boundaries and who you are and what feels good when you actually take a second and then you make the choice. So it's, 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 I don't like the word hard either, yeah, but I think yeah. it's, it's a challenge and it's an opportunity. Totally. It's an opportunity to kind of like meet that challenge head on and say like, okay, this is me. This is who I am. This is what feels good. I'm go- Everyone else is going to have to be okay with that because at the end of the day, you have to take care of you first. And I uh-huh. think that's definitely been a journey for, for both of us of learning, totally. okay, if I don't feel good today, that means I don't do this one thing or I don't go and do this. I've got to take care of me. What's going to make me feel better? What's going to fill me up? Who do I spend my time with? Um, I think, I just think there's a lot of pressure to do it all. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier too, of like, why am I not doing more? But knowing that what you are doing is enough and you can add and you can subtract, but don't feel the pressure to add. I I struggle with that a lot for sure. And that the greatest work the work, if we're talking about doing mm-hmm. the greatest work comes from aligning with yourself, like no matter what, when you can be aligned with yourself and, and be, and be so sure of yourself and your decisions and that they are supporting you, that helps you in all areas of your life. You can go an entire lifetime and just be doing and doing and accomplishing and whatever, and feels totally disconnected and it will never be enough. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there are so many people, there's so many people who have, um, I know that a lot of people don't necessarily want to use the word awaken or like, you know, come to, come to these realizations in their own life where it's like, Oh, I feel super disconnected in my life in their, you know, in their fifties and their sixties and, and make major shifts then. But if you can slow it down earlier on, and take the time to step back and be okay with 
looking at all those scripts and all those, I love how you brought up boundaries because the real challenge I think within that comes from coming from a place where you don't have any boundaries Mm -hmm. or where you have very weak boundaries. I know for a long time, I, um, it wasn't that I didn't have boundaries. It's like, Oh, I can, I can handle it. You know, it's not, it's not a big deal. Different things. I kind of push things under the rug. I I liked a need to be needed. Mm -hmm. That was a really, really deep, uh, kind of story and script that was going on in my life. And I realized that that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't do anything for anyone else either. No. And that that fosters codependence with other people, not necessarily like me being codependent on anyone, but feeling like others were codependent on me, but that's codependence for me as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't just take one. So really looking at that and really looking at where I wasn't speaking up in my boundaries or where I didn't even know that I needed boundaries, looking at scripts around childhood stuff about what it means to be a friend, what it means to be a daughter, sister, coworker, colleague, person, anything, person, human being, Mm -hmm. and where different stories or scripts that had been deeply ingrained in me weren't necessarily real, weren't necessarily things that were correct for me or that I aligned to and starting. And it's a consistent practice of re-looking at, you know, being a human by simply the act of being a human, you have trauma, both big and small. You have many, many traumas. And we learn so much of like our identity, who we are, how to function in the world by the age of seven. And so reparenting that seven-year-old version of yourself or reparenting and re-looking. I've been doing a lot of meditations recently hmm. where just different aspects of childhood have popped up and um, not remembering these different things and then realizing, oh, yeah, that could have potentially had a big impact mm-hmm. on how I navigate this situation. Just being the one that not looking for anyone else to necessarily help, but being the one to reparent myself and to teach myself a new way and tell myself it's okay, that that will be passed down through new generations, right? That's, that's clearing lineages of mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to choose a new route, right? Going away from comparison, putting up boundaries, but just really, really re-looking at all the narratives yeah. that have gone on in your life and choosing a new way is, I think, yeah. the most powerful thing that anyone can do for their life. Yeah. And what reminds me so much of this, what goes hand in hand with everything that you sh- you just shared is this sense of empowerment. And I think really empowering mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. through the process. And it reminds me of what you talked about a little bit earlier too, when you were talking about energy and having the energy and I think, or wanting to do something or if something's in alignment. And I think, uh, and if we could tie this to human design, I think that would be so powerful for, for so many and, and would allow people maybe to be, better understand the power of human design. Because I yeah. think once you understand your energy and in, in the context of human design, that would be like your energy type and, and mm-hmm. how all those pieces work together. I think, I don't know, you can really empower yourself more and you begin to become more embodied through that sense of empowerment. Yeah. So I would love it if you could touch on a little bit of what that means through the lens of human design and, and maybe if you want to tie it into how you have empowered yourself through that process as well. So this this could go on. Everything in me like lights up when you ask this type of question because if I've come sure of anything, which I'm not sure of anything because my human design, I have gate three of my conscious son, gate 3.6. 
which basically means my life is a series of 180 degree, 360 degree circles again and again. And there's <laughs> this pressure, this pressure before a huge mutation where I transform again. Within that, I'm here to be a catalyst of individual transformation for the whole. And the fact that you brought up empowerment and embodiment, again, if I know nothing at all, that is what I'm here to do. That is mm. what I'm here to help other people do. That's what I'm here to do for myself to oh, how empower. How was this question? <laughs> so perfect to empower others yeah. with their most embodied full lives. And human design, you know, it starts with the energy type, but it can go, it goes so deep. Everyone's, doesn't matter what type you are. You, that's just the surface of everything that is you. But basically what it shows you is it shows you your blueprint of your soul in its perfection with no conditioning and then areas that you're probably conditioned away from that and how to get back to that, how to make decisions based on you, how to work the best, align the best with your energy, how to interact with others most effectively, how to truly, truly, truly let go of all the programming that says you need to be a certain way. You need to live a certain way. You need to blah, 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 insert all the shoulds and empower you that it's okay to live as you to embody that fullness, to embody who you are, to let go of the comparison, to let go of the shoulds and to start tapping in to what you probably have already known. Most people, there are some, there are many that are like, oh, I didn't know all of these things about myself. But a lot of people who have been within this realm and kind of doing self-inquiry are like, these are all things that I knew. But yeah. what a relief to have that shown to me that it's okay to actually step into it. Like I've always felt these things, but there's still a, you know, there's a pull from the world. We, we look to other people, we see other people all the time. And so what it's done for me in my life, I could, I could go on in every mm -hmm. single way that it's done, but it's allowed me to trust myself so deeply in my energy. It's allowed myself to, you know, I'm in such, I'm in such a deep time and transformation. I'm in such a place in this moment where I have no idea what my next step is. I do know. I know some things that I'm um, going to leave and shed, and I know some necessary steps. But the major step next, I have no idea what it looks like. And so I'm in such a deep place, and, and that goes with every area of my life, truly. That infiltrates every area of my life. But I'm in such a place, unlike ever before, um, and I think I've, I've kind of been in this place similarly where I – I just have trust and I don't really have fear, but more than ever, I'm in such, I so know how supported and held I am by just trusting and by mm -hmm. not forcing myself to do getting even quieter because often we can rest or be quiet or not do, but we're still doing in some senses, right? We're still yeah. moving forward along with other things. So I think yeah. human, if human design has done nothing else, it's shown me that that's what's necessary for me. One, and when I create the space, something can occur and it can occur like lightning and it can just happen. Like yeah. I can go from zero to a hundred very, very quick. But often if we talk about my conscious son, which for anyone, you're probably like, what the heck is she talking about? Well, <laughs> basically you have all these planets in human design. You have all these gates and channels. It's a very, very complex system, but your conscious son is it's where the sun, the most yang aspect of your personality was uh, based on the first breath you took in this world. And you'll have, it's the black sun, the circle with the dot in it. It's on the top right-hand side of your chart. And so that's probably the most important gate in your design. And for me, it's 3.6, as I said. And knowing that that gate um, 
also has a connection to like difficulty at the beginning because it has this pressure. It has this difficulty. It's, it's connected with the sacral center, which is our life force energy, which basically fuels the energy of the world. But it has, it needs so much patience. It needs to really feel and allow the correct timing to occur in order to mutate, in order to transform into whatever's next. And so I wow. know, I always know time and time again, when I'm in huge periods of what's about to be a transformation and clarity, it's like, it can be, it can be challenging. It can be the, a lot of people with 3.6 have like go through periods of depression or go through intense anxiety or just like really intense melancholic emotions before the transformation. So I, I just, I have such a trust in the process and I don't put labels on anything and I don't, I just am so okay with, with being and knowing when mm -hmm. something shows up that is right. And that's, that's been happening more and more recently. And I know that all the puzzle pieces are being put together, but I don't need to figure it out right now. Yeah. It's like less the thinking mind and more just trust, right? Trusting the body, trusting, trusting your inherent knowing and, and being guided. And that's very, very different. I want to make this so clear. It's so different from spiritual bypass. Mm. I'm not, I'm not saying to like, oh, everything's going to be fine and good. And that you just can sit around and do whatever. No, I think most people need to do more sitting around and like checking in with themselves, mm -hmm. but it's very different from spiritual bypass. It's very much like listening and being clear on wh where are the next steps that I need to take versus just blindly doing and going and kind of abiding by the status quo and then ultimately feeling deeply unfulfilled or sick or unwell or insert every other yeah. kind of yeah. not, not in alignment thing that can happen. So fascinating. Just the journey of human design and, and how it has impacted you and, and this, it's real true role, I think in empowering you to know who you are and trust yourself and then fully embody that sense of trust. And for anyone that is listening and, and let's say embodiment is something that they want to work on, or it's something that they want to begin to feel as something is more present in their own lives. Where's a good place to start? And I know it's going to be unique for everyone, but mm -hmm. is there something that someone can do today so that they can start to be more embodied to empower themselves through that process? Um, well, one, you could figure out your human design. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out, check out human design lady for some easy guidance on that. No, but I, 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 I also don't, I don't believe everyone, right? Human design, I don't ever want to push that on someone because everyone's, again, everyone's way of getting to the same thing is different. Uh, the first thing I would do is to look at all of the inputs that you have in your life, all of the little subtle things that are infiltrating your awareness, whether that's, you know, your parents and what they want, how they're asking you about where you're going in your life, whether that's things having to do with work, whether that's what you're consuming on social media, like look at all of the inputs and especially all the inputs of others information information that comes from other people mm -hmm. and notice how you feel when you consume that notice how um, it's impacting what you think you should quote unquote do with your life or should be doing with your day notice if that inspires you and makes you feel uh, more uplifted or makes you feel more passionate or more purposeful and notice where that takes away you away from yourself mm -hmm. I mean I think I think meditation can be great for some people 
I don't think everyone does well. It's like finding, finding a version of your own meditation. So finding a version where you can connect to yourself, but not use it as distraction. So like, I know exercise can be incredibly meditative, but, but take a look at your connection with exercise too. Is that helping you connect more with yourself or is that being used as distractions that any activity can really make you and help you become more embodied, but notice where it's really helping you connect with noticing your thoughts, Mm -hmm. with noticing the consistent patterns that you have against yourself and noticing um, how you're speaking to yourself. Mm. Journaling can be incredibly effective. Speaking aloud, you know, recording your voice in a voice note can be incredibly effective. But just start to notice the scripts that you have towards yourself in your life and start to notice where those don't align with being loving and being nurturing and being supportive because when we can be the most supportive of ourselves, that's how we shine in the world. Yeah. And I think it goes back to this sense too of awareness and trust that you have a blueprint. Your soul has a map. Yeah, You are who you are for a reason. And returning to that is a journey. And so I love that you touched on meditating and journaling and how it also might not be the thing that's great for you. And I think too, within that is knowing that that journey with meditation or journaling or speaking with a friend or a therapist or whatever it might be is going to ebb and flow. I think sometimes we start doing one thing. Like I remember I was meditating and journaling for like a full year. And then I woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I felt weird. Admittedly, I felt super weird about it because I had this narrative in my head of like, that's the thing I've got to do. And then I stopped and it was okay. The world didn't come crashing down. In fact, I felt... I felt better stepping away. So I think it's it's knowing that whatever you pick up, you might let go of, and that's okay. You can always return to it and find something and new. And thank you for saying that. Thank yeah. you for saying that because, I mean, even if we I, – I, like, always take everything back to human design because it's so hardwired in my brain now. But <laughs> in our human design charts, some people are consistent people. Some people are routine people, do really well and feel really supported. Some people aren't like me. I don't do well with consistent routines. So all the narratives around, you know, to – be productive and be better in a day, find your morning routine. No, that just gives me shame because what if I can't handle it or what if I can't go by it? And it's really, it's not correct for me. So having that Move relief. away from the narratives. Yeah. Moving uh, away from the narratives from, that bring you shame. We don't need it. Mo- Bye. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. No, See you no, thank you. Yeah. I think like, that's important. Literally. Uh, move away from anything that tells you, you have to do something outside of yourself. You have to put something else into practice. You need to change your body. That's such a huge one, especially for women. Mm -hmm. Um, you need to do any like thing to be whole, Mm -hmm. You're already there to get closer. You are already, when you can find, and when you can so hold the notion that you are already whole, you already have everything within you. And I feel like that is so That's something that like all, you know, so many people say and blah, 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 blah. But it's so true. You literally have and are born with every single tool you need inside you. And when you can come from a place of trust within that, then you'll be so guided to what's right for you outside of Mm -hmm. you. But it starts within. Yeah, Everything needs to start within because if what's within is not complete. And I'm not saying that you come to a place of total completeness and wholeness at all times like it's an ebb and bro we're human we're we're flawed by being human we're flawed and so this is a practice and a journey but when your baseline is knowing that oh i am whole 
and that I have answers and I can weave off that track daily. Yeah. But I still know in my heart, I still know in my being that I'm whole. Mm. Everything will be okay. I love this. I love that we focused like this entire conversation on embodiment and empowerment Mm. and knowing your energy. Because I think, yes, of course, I wanted to talk about human design with you, but I think moving the conversation away from the basics and like what it is on a 101 kind of lens and, and talking more about its impact human design's impact and how it allows you to move to the space of embodiment and knowing your own wellness journey, I think is really, really powerful. So thank you for coming on Seek the Joy podcast again. And I'm so glad Uh, we had this conversation. Before we go, I have to ask you the question I ask everybody um, that comes on Seek the Joy podcast. And we might have to go back and listen to what you said the first time, but what (laughs) what is your biggest dream now? What What are you thinking about moving forward? My biggest dream for both myself and the world is to first empower myself, continue to empower myself to be the most embodied version of myself, to empower others to become and to embody the highest, fullest, uh, most passionate, most fulfilled versions of themselves. If I can do nothing else, it's to by embodying the practice, like buzzword of the day, of (laughs) continuing to return home to me, I hope to do the exact same for the lives that I touch. So mm-hmm. the, the the routes and the ways in which that show up might continue to evolve, but it, it's all rooted in the same thing. Mm, I love that. And it will continue to evolve because we're continuing to evolve. And I think embracing that fact and knowing that there will be more transformations is is really freeing and empowering. So Katie, where where can everyone find you? Learn more about human design. Where, where can they book a session with you? Yeah, where can everyone find you? So you can find me on, I have two Instagrams. One is at Katie Calder underscore. One is at human design lady. In the link in my bio, you can find all of my availability to book sessions. I also do one-on-one mentorship. So there are there's a session that you can Um, do kind of a discovery consultation call to see if that's correct for you and then more offerings and things to come constantly evolving but thank you so 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 much Sydney for having me this has been this is this is the true depth of why I do what I do and have being able to have a conversation like this with you is uh, truly what Mm -hmm. lights me up no matter what so thank you so much this has been such a joy I can't wait for everyone to see this and hear it and for it to be shared you and me both and we have conversations like this every time we get on the phone so it was fun too it was so much fun to record it and just thank you so much again of course thank you